0: Hello, my name's David, and this is the Hypothetic RL, a podcast about the Wadi of Serabi League history. For these episodes that I'm recording today, I'm going to be the sole person on the episode. You'll notice that in Season 2, I've had a number of guests, a number of wonderful guests, and I want to thank them all for their time. And I also want to thank everyone out there who listens to the podcast for the time that I take out of your day to listen to A Crazy Man and, well, in Season 2, A Crazy Man and, and Another Crazy Person. So I also want to thank the other people who I have coming up on the podcast are new guests that I'm going to have beyond that but just for this episode or series of episodes depending on how long this takes it's just going to be my voice so we're back to season one the crazy man in the box and I very much look forward to talking to myself for the next few hours however long this takes uh, like I said this is a very big topic that I'm going to do so Uh, It may take me some time. It's got a few different permutations, so I'm pretty much going to go through the topic four times, which, you know, maybe sounds... I don't know if it sounds a bit boring to you and if you don't want to listen to this, but uh, I have gone through and I've used my very beloved program of Microsoft Excel and Random Functions and I've tried to model something, something that realistically we couldn't model in real life something that no one could actually say, this would have happened or this wouldn't have happened. I've used a few of the rules. I've broken a few of the rules uh, and I've just done a lot of excelling. So we'll just see how this goes. And I appreciate once again, the time that you guys take to listen to me. And I also appreciate the time that other people have taken out of their, out of their days to talk to me on re- previous podcasts and the ones coming up. If you do want to be a guest on this podcast, or if you want to leave me a comment, or you want to talk to me about anything, if you want to give me a bit of information about a topic we've already done, or suggest a topic that we should do in the future, please email me, hypotheticalrl at gmail.com, or you can send me a message dm whatever it's called on twitter or even just at me and twitter at hypothetic rl obviously you know where to find the podcast because you're listening to it so i don't need to tell you any more of that but uh tell your friends tell everyone who thinks they might enjoy a crazy person talking to themselves about rugby league it's a wonderful community the rugby league podcast community and you know there's a lot of other great guys out there doing guys and girls doing some great podcasts out there, and I just want everyone to enjoy rugby league as much as I do. Well, I don't know if anyone can enjoy rugby league as much as I do, but we'll see how, you know, see how we go with that. But I just want everyone to talk about rugby league and get onto rugby league and everything. And hopefully in the future, I've got some interesting topics and hopefully I've entertained you in the past. So... Look, that's a very long-winded and roundabout way. As I don't have a guest, I've got obviously no other introductions and I'm kind of meandering at this point, but I think it's time we get into the topic. So it's time to kick off. The event for this episode took place between 2006 and 2010 and was, as described as the time, serious and systematic breaches of the salary cap by the Melbourne storm. The response from the NRL was to strip Melbourne of Premierships, minor premierships, even a World Cup challenge, redistribute funds that they had accumulated from victories in those competitions, and also to stop them scoring any additional points for the 2010 season because they were still over the salary cap. I don't want to delve too far into the exact salary cap and what happened in terms of monetary things, uh, and obviously, you know, how much they were over the cap there's still i think there's a, a great book for someone to write in that and if they can get all the information i know that there is you know some some information out there at the moment but i still think there's a bigger story there that maybe hasn't been told recently there's been quite a few people talking about why did we you know maybe we maybe we have reacted maybe the stripping of the premierships wasn't fair uh, maybe it wasn't in line with what had happened to other teams that had gone over salary caps in the past. Uh, I know that even the Melbourne Storm and a few of those players feel cheated that they, it's a funny word to say, they felt cheated, um, but you know, felt that they deserved to have them on their record. They deserved those premierships because they won them. Uh, so what I've decided to do for this episode is that I have used an Excel spreadsheet to try and work out what might have happened should we change this event. And when I say the event is the systematic and serious, it was called serious and systematic, uh, serious and systematic cheating of the salary cap by the Melbourne Storm. The only way that I think we can resolve this from this point of view in a hypothetical sense is to see if we can get the Melbourne Storm underneath the salary cap for those seasons. Now, it's very hard to do, and as you can imagine, it's not, you know, I don't know the salaries of all these players and I'm not going to do that. What I've actually looked at is the fact that the Melbourne Storm had what they called the Big Four. So you've got Cameron Smith, you've got Cooper Cronk, you've got Billy Slater, and you've got Greg Inglis. At the time from 2006 to 2010, those players were playing for the Melbourne Storm. To get them compliant for the 2011 season, they did lose Greg Inglis. They lost quite a few other players as well, but they did keep together Smith, Cronk, and Billy Slater. Now to me, and I don't know if anyone else is the same, that kind of leaves a bit of a bad taste in the mouth. The fact that those three players could continue to play for the Melbourne Storm, could play out almost their entire careers for that team. And they had no other salary cap issues beyond that, because I know some people probably don't agree with me on this, but when I look at it and I think 2006, you have that superstar lineup. There is no way that they could have kept those four players together in 2006, just based off what the salaries have been talked about. It, they just wouldn't be able to play. There's no. There's no chance. So any team that was going to be compliant with a salary cap was not going to be able to keep all four of them on the books at the same time and still be able to run out any kind of team at all. Now, this is just my personal opinion, obviously. I mean, maybe financially it could have happened. Maybe if you added the three salaries up of Cameron Smith and Cooper Cronk and Billy Slater at the time, they would have had plenty of room to still make themselves compliant with a reasonable, serviceable kind of team. But it just sort of seems like any other team that has that much success and would have that quality of player altogether, they're not going to keep all of them at the same time. So what I've decided to do for this episode, is or for this series of episodes, however long this takes me, is to tell basically tell the story that would have happened should the Melbourne Storm have had to have shed two of those players. Now... Two of those players in any kind of sense, yeah, that's fine. I could, You could probably say, all right, well, we'll kick off two of them and whatever. Uh, it, it's hard to tell. I'm not the Melbourne Storm and I don't know. Obviously, the 2005-2006 Melbourne Storm administration is not something that I want to become uh, because, obviously, they're the people who are getting all of the blame for what happened and, you know, probably rightly so, that they probably were the ones who did everything, well, they were. I mean, that's, that's what it was found to be. So I don't really want to be them. I don't want to be in their shoes, but I kind of have to sit in their shoes. The thing that you've got to look at, I suppose, with this as well, is that you've got two players that are Cooper Cronk and Cameron Smith that are ball players, that are organising players that are your main sort of focal points of, of playmaker and then you've got two explosive players and two... I mean, I'm not going to degrade Inglis and, and Slater into just being explosive X-Factor-style players, but they aren't playmakers. They are the ones that score the tries normally, the ones that create the breaks through their athleticism and their strength and things like that. So, you know, all four of them are quality players. But just to make this so I didn't have to do... Oh, I think it would be eight, eight different scenarios I'm trying to limit it a little bit I'm going to do a scenario each for losing one of the playmakers and losing one of the x-factor players so what we're going to do is we're going to go through systematically and we'll bring that word up again it's going to be systematic but not serious and what we're going to do is we're going to say there is a situation where the Melbourne Storm do not re-sign Cameron Smith, and they do not re-sign Billy Slater. There is one where they don't re-sign Cameron Smith, and they don't re-sign Greg Inglis. So this is this is at the start of 2006. There is a situation where they don't re-sign Cooper Cronk and Billy Slater, and there's one where they don't re-sign Cooper Cronk and Inglis. So you can make your own opinions of which one they would have gone with. I've got my own opinions in my head, but. I thought, let's, you know, we we weren't in the discussion. We're not in the boardroom. We're not going to make that decision. What we're saying is that the Melbourne Storm administration, uh, not uh, looking at it, and going, we can't get underneath this salary cap, keeping all these players. We're going to have to release or not re-sign two of these players. I mean, that's the other thing too. Is I don't know contracts. I don't know when their contracts expired, but look, just for the purpose of this, we're going to say that all four of them were off contract at the end of th- 2005 and a decision is made and we're going to basically run four different scenarios for them and see what might have happened to that Melbourne Storm team but also to any teams that are affecting the other way. Now, when I say teams affecting the other way, obviously these, these players, when they aren't re-signed by the Storm, have to go somewhere. So this is where this gets very complex because we're going to say let's let's put Cameron Smith for example. Say Cameron Smith doesn't re-sign with the Melbourne Storm, where does he sign to, and what effect does that have on that team? Because obviously you've got a champion, you know, one of the greatest to play the game. You'd have to say, and I mean, look, I'm probably going to get in a lot of trouble from people saying that, but you know, his his knowledge, he is one of the premier players of the last 20 years, obviously, and it's going to make a a huge impact to the team that he goes to and obviously a huge loss to the Melbourne Storm. So in all of that, I've had to try and model that in some way in an Excel spreadsheet. So before I go through that, what I'm going to do is I'm going to just do a little bit of history on Melbourne Storm and these four people that I'm involving in this discussion And then once we've gone through that little bit of history, I'm going to give you a rundown of how the spreadsheet works, and then what we're going to do is we're going to go through season by season, situation by situation, and we're going to see what we come up with and what that effect is. The Melbourne Storm joined the NRL in the 1998 season. This was the first season of NRL. After the two competitions, the ARL and Super League had come back together following the Super League war. The Melbourne Storm were a successful club right from the start. They had finished third in their first season and had won the Premiership in the 1999 season, which was their second. Following the Premiership in 1999, they had six seasons worth of middling results, finishing 6th, ninth, 10th, 5th, 6th and 6th. Not much else you can really say about the Melbourne Storm. So I think what we'll do is we move on to the four players that are we are looking at for this one. So the first player we're gonna look at is Cameron Smith. Cameron Smith grew up in Queensland, played for the North Devils in the Queensland Cup, joined the Melbourne Storm and played his first season in 2002. Uh, he played as a halfback and a hooker, but uh, obviously You know, 2002 is the start for Cameron Smith. Billy Slater joined the team in 2003 and made his debut against Cronulla. Uh, Always a fullback uh, for them. Greg Inglis joined them in 2005. So the 2005 season that we're going to make him sign for another team the next season is gonna be his first and last season with the Melbourne Storm for those cases and Cooper Cronk joined them for the 2002, two, sorry 2004 season. He played a lot of utility back, so I remember him playing off the bench quite a lot. In 2006, he becomes the halfback of the year in the Daly M's. That's just a quick background of the Melbourne Storm and the players involved for this hypothetical. It's now time to go forward and have a look what might have happened should the Melbourne Storm have had to release two of their players for the 2006 season beyond okay so we're at the crux of this now so i just need to do a bit of a description of how this works how i've gone through and obviously you know how i've tried to model this in excel sense it's not perfect but we'll see how we go basically what i've done is i've started 2006 i've started with the first one we're going to look at which will be Smith and Slater being released. What I have done for each one of these so it's not just for this one obviously for all of them is that I have looked at both the player and their possible impact on a team. I've also looked at where the player may want to sign to or where who may want to sign this player and I've used some random generated things to work out contract lengths and also work out other things like that. So I'm just going to do a real, really quick thing of what happens. Basically in this spreadsheet, say we're talking Smith and Slater, what will happen is, okay, Smith and Slater don't re-sign with the Melbourne Storm in 2006. Every team in in all of these is given five points to assign. So. One point. For each point you assign, the more likely you're going to get that player. Uh, so for every season, every team gets five points, so you can give all five points to Cameron Smith and you're, mo- you're more likely than someone who gave one point to Cameron Smith. It's still a random generator, so the random generator, if you don't know the random generator in Excel, it's basically, it gives you a number between zero and one, and like a whole bunch of decimals. So I can use that to times out by these numbers to give myself ratios and work out, you know, which ones are more likely. So like I said, basically all you really need to know is if a team gives Cameron Smith a five, then they're more likely to get Cameron Smith, but obviously they have no likelihood at all to get any one of the others. And what we've done is for each one of these systems, well, each one of these runs it's the same likelihood so a player like basically i can't mac it out and i can't go all right well you know everyone knows i'm an Eels fan i can't give you know for the Smiths later one i can't go smith five points and then when it becomes cronk ingles i can't give croc five points or something ridiculous like that basically every team I, i've kind of acted as the ceo of every single team Uh, which is you know interesting to try and do but I've tried to work out based off where they were in the times that we're looking at who would be more likely to go after which player and obviously it's not like 2006 is one season and then as we move on 2007, 8, 9, beyond those numbers are slightly changing so you know perhaps a team had a really great half back in 2006 so they didn't want Cooper Cronk but by 2008, that halfback's retired, moved on. They've obviously got a hole there. So I've gone through and I've tried to put some numbers together to say, okay, well, you know, who was playing for each team in, in the positions that these guys would take up. So we've obviously got a fullback for Slater, we've got a hooker for Smith, we've got a halfback for Cronk, and for Inglis, fullback, centre, something like that, you know. So obviously, Inglis changes position throughout his career. But I'm just looking at, you know, the 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 sort of what you've got in terms of that. And, and when I'm saying fullback, I'm saying look, you know, Slater might end up signing somewhere. I'm trying to think of, you know, I mean, I don't think Slater is ever going to sign for the Manly Sea Eagles. That's that's my point of view. But you know, say, uh, I'm trying to think of a team who had a reasonable fullback and a reasonable centre. But you know, maybe. They would have had two good fullbacks, Slater comes in as fullback, the other player moves to a wing or a centre or something, you know, I've tried to not discount teams just because they already had a fullback with Slater's um, numbers, because we could move him around a little bit, we could move their player around, um, but obviously with a hooker, you're not going to move, you're going to sign Cameron Smith, if you are say the West Tigers with Robbie Farah, I think it's very unlikely they're going to go after him, so... When I'm talking about the Tigers, I'm giving them less likelihood they're going to go in after someone like Cameron Smith, but they're definitely going to go after a Slater and English. You know, they that's the kind of player that I think they're going to go for more often. It's hard. Obviously, these numbers are, make a difference. Uh, or obviously, as well, when we go through these seasons, they're going to make some differences too because, as just say. I won't show. You, I won't say who it is, but just say you know Smith signs with the Roosters, okay? Because he, I know he doesn't do that in that first season, but just say he signs with the Roosters. He then has a number of. There's another random generator that says he either signs a two, three, or four-year contract. So, a team in 2006 might have no real need for Cameron Smith, but might have lost their hooker. And for the 2007 season, if they go full out for him, then. They're not going to get him because he's already signed with the roosters for that season so he gets 2006 and seven with the roosters and then he becomes available again it's really convoluted and i can share it with you guys but i don't want to go too much more into that basically just say i spent hours and hours and hours trying to work this out of the best way to, for it to happen and it's still all random if i ran this again i'd get completely different results So this is just one iteration. I'm not running multiple iterations of this to try and work out what it goes like. Uh, What have we got is what we got and that's what we're gonna go with. So (laughs) moving on from that, once we've decided which player is going where and for how many years, the next thing is to say, we'll sit still on that, is to say that I'm I'm gonna use this rooster example, even though in my Idea: The Roosters only put one point against Cameron Smith, so for two thousand and six, they don't really need a hooker at that point. They're they're pretty well serviced for a hooker. They're more likely to go after, say, Slater. But anyway, uh, just say so it's the Roosters get him, and they get him for two years. When two thousand and eight comes along, so this still does two thousand and seven, but doesn't matter what it comes up with because you can't you can't get him; he's not available. When two thousand and eight comes along, whatever ratio we've got there is a slight increase in the probability that he re-signs with the same team. Because, obviously, a player goes and signs somewhere, he's not going to sign a two-year contract somewhere, then go sign a two-year contract somewhere else, then go somewhere else. He's not going to keep jumping around uh, around clubs, especially if you're Cameron Smith. I really don't think that's ever that's sort of going to happen. So it's not impossible for him to sign somewhere else, but it becomes a lot more likely because... It sort of depends. So just say the roosters went all out for cameron smith on this first one i know this is completely wrong but let's just put it in that one um let's say he goes all out and then after two years i've changed their assessment down to what he is there at the moment at number one so they only put one point against him he's probably not going to resign there so it's that's sort of a thing of saying how much how much want a team has for someone which means that, you know, say he signs for two years, and at the end of the two years, they've got someone coming through. I don't even know. I'm, I'm sort of just talking, pulling it out of my butt here, guys. But someone comes through in 2008 and they go, Well, we don't really need Smith now, which is pretty ridiculous. But just so they say that, we don't want him as much. We're not going to offer him as much. Someone else comes through and they're really desperate and they're like, We're going to put four, we're going to put this four points in this one against it, which is which is sort of what happens in some of these. And, you know, we get him to swap clubs. So the other wrinkle in this is obviously the Titans can't sign him on 2006, but I've started from 2007 with them. The reason being is because there is no Titans in 2006. So this is the way that we're going to start with it. And it goes on from there. Obviously, I then manually put players in to where they need to go. Once they're in there, Once their contract gets to the end, I look at that again, there's another ratio that's run. It runs through, it works out which club, if it's going to be the same club or a different club that they signed to, and then how many years that is. And like I said, it's two, three, or four, and then we just keep going through. With players that have left the Melbourne Storm, so with someone like Greg Inglis, it goes through to 2010, and then after that, he signs with the Rabbitohs. So we're not changing where he goes same thing with Slater where he retires and same thing with Kronk when he signs for the Roosters if a player retires in reality or if a player goes to another club he always does that no matter what so Rabbitohs fans you can be assured you still get Inglis and obviously Roosters fans you still get Kronk for that last year and Slater still retires so Slater's not going to play up until the 2020 season with someone just because it says that in this this ratio. So, once we've decided where a player is going, we then have to decide a value. This is also very hard because I didn't want to overvalue one player over another. So, what I've done is I've looked at different scenarios. So, I've got um, someone, I've got a, a player giving you a bonus two points in a game. So, if you lose by a point and you have this player and you get what you call a help, so I've got 12 different helps. So you've got this help, then you can use this help to get you the victory for that game. But that's a plus two points in a regular season game. So my helps are plus two, plus four, plus six, plus eight, plus 10, and plus a complete game. Then my regular season game helps. My other helps, which are my, um, what you'd say, your finals helps, is winning a semi-final, so that's the first or second week of a, of a season. Uh, sorry, of a final series, uh, winning the preliminary final and winning the grand final. Now, what I've done then is I've then assigned a hundred points. So I'm going back at points again, but there's a hundred points for each player. So depending on what kind of player they are, with Cameron Smith, he is fairly he's a more of consistent player. So his helps ratios are all pretty much the same all the way through so he's just as likely to give you a win in a grand final as he is to give you a plus two in a regular season whereas the other players like say say English for example is more likely to get you home in a closer game but maybe not as likely to win you a complete game on his own so that's that's where I've kind of put those numbers and obviously these are just numbers and ratios to try and make this work so it makes it work so that you know your your more important playmaker guy is someone who's you know going to win you games going to win you any game basically but your sort of flashy guy is where it would be close if you had them in your squad they're going to win you those games so these are the helps that the teams that are, are getting these players are going to get so in reverse whenever i give a help to a team that takes that player i take that help from the melbourne storm in a certain sort of way because there's two players that are going out what i've had to do is i've had to work out so it's all it's all random again Uh, every season it goes in again it goes in a random generator and the certain helps that we've got get assigned to each player and then Every every spreadsheet, every time I go through a run, it changes it again, so it's not the same one. So in 2006, you don't get the same help every time from, say, Cameron Smith, it's a different help each time, which means that when we go through it, we end up with some differences. So like I said, if you get a help for one team, you have to take it away from someone else, which means that that help goes against the storm. but I've limited it to four in, a, in any season, which means that if both the yeah you know, both the teams, say it's the Smith Slater one, if both the Smith and Slater give four helps, because that's the other thing with this, is, is the helps aren't, you don't get all four, you just get as many as the ratio will give you. So you may end up getting more helps in a season and they're not as good, or you may end up getting less of them and you get winning grand final is no good to you if you don't get to the grand final uh but we'll talk about it really quickly in a sec but basically if i had four four of both and that's eight helps, so that's no i can't make the melbourne storm lose eight different games um i think that's a little bit ridiculous so i limit i limit to four but i take the worst four so the melbourne storm get the worst of the of the four of them and yeah that's that's basically how that works now so I, i quickly talked about how the helps work and I quickly talked about how the ratios are what will also help is that each player depending on what kind of player they are are likely to give you more or less of these helps as well so there is a there's another kind of ratio where you know you won't get as many you might get more well, good helps from a player but not as much of them in a season. It, it's there's a whole ratio thing there. I think I'm boring you all at this point, and I mean I'm I'm enjoying talking about it, but I think I'm probably boring you all, so I won't go too much further into it. All I'm gonna say is that there is a whole system here. Once we get past that system, we've got the likelihood of clubs and we've got all the helps worked out, then what I've done is I've gone through and looked at every different club and basically worked out the games that they lost, the games that were crucial that they lost, and, and the ones that they lost by the, the least amount of points. And I've then gone through each individual season, worked, added those games, worked out where they would have ended up, and then we end up with this situation where I've got certain clubs, certain players going in certain places changing what happens to the Melbourne Storm, changing what happens to these clubs I went to, changing what happens to other clubs that are just affected because they get beaten by a team they weren't beaten by. There's a whole bunch of things that happen here. The best way for me to go through this without spending seven hours trying to showing you all the helps and everything, which I don't think I can do it, I really think it'll be ridiculous, is to just start with my first situation, go through each of the seasons, tell you when a player gets to the end of the contract, when they re-sign, where they re-sign to, and, yeah, we'll just go through it like that. From 2006, and I've gone all the way to 2020. Because what I'm saying is, is that if Cameron Smith leaves, and I keep picking on Cameron Smith because he is the one who stayed for the whole, all the way to the end of the 2020 season, but if Cameron Smith leaves, he doesn't come back to the storm. So we can't make him leave till 2010 and then make him sign back there again. This is going back to what I was saying to you guys before, is that the bad taste in the mouth that I think everyone gets is the fact that this club was able to keep these players together. If a player leaves, that's it. He's not going back to the storm. I know in reality he could have gone back. I know in reality any of them could have gone back. Especially someone, you know, went, okay, well, I'll spend... Four or five years here, and then oh, I want to go back, and and that does happen. I know there's a lot of players who left the Storm and have gone back there, but it just I've just decided that we're not going to do that. What I'm trying to do here is give legitimacy to any accomplishments that I give the Storm in this list. I'm um, look, at, hopefully you don't think I'm just being anti-Melbourne Storm here, but I'm just giving the ratios of where I think they should go. So for each season, what I'm going to do. Is I'm going to give you the updated table. And obviously, I'm going to talk about quickly who's been advantaged, who's been disadvantaged by this. Um, I've, and then you'll know, obviously, I've, I've said where, they, where those players have gone, who they are. And then we're going to look at the final series. And if there is... Basically, I'm just going to talk through the final series. With finals, we're, we're following the rules that we usually for, follow, where if a team has beat another team in a final then that's generally going to be the result. There might be some exceptions because of the way that things have run through, but where we haven't had a team play in a final, we've had to use a re- relatively, relatively logical way of doing it. Um, and some instances I've used where they performed against each other in the season, who sort of came out on top. And also I've just looked at who was on top of the table and probably more likely with, with a bit of momentum of what I knew was happening in that season. Uh, feel free to at me because I'm pretty sure that I'm going to get quite a lot of people telling me that, oh no, that wouldn't have happened, but let's just see if you agree with my results. All right, so I think it's best to start with Smith Slater. Um, I, like I mentioned in a, in a podcast a while back when I was talking to Biggest Tiger about the movie Clue, and I want to treat this a bit like Clue. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it was a movie from the 80s that had three different endings. And if you, depending on which cinema you went to in America, when they did in America, you either got ending A, B or C, and they were all different. So it's a, it's a classic whodunit um, in that sort of murder thing. And, you know, you basically, you're trying to work out who it is. There's three different answers when you got the vhs or dvd release it actually put a little card up saying but this is really what happened i'm not going to do that i don't think i think it's fair to say this is this one of the four instances is the one that would have happened but i'll let you make up your own mind which one you think is more likely to have happened do you think that in 2005 because salary cap pressure is coming that they're going to release smith who is been been playing from since 2002 and is now their hooker? And Slater, who's been playing for them since 2003 and has been, you know, a really good player for them in the fullback role, if you think they're going to release those two players or not re-sign those two players or not have the money to re-sign them too. It may not be the Melbourne Storms. Um, maybe they just they don't have the room in the cap. They've already signed these other players. They've already got and Inglis on deals and they just don't have the money to fit them in. Someone else comes in and offers them a bigger contract. All right, so... I've talked way too much, and I apologize if that was a really long thing, but let's go Smith Slater. So the 2006 season, the Brisbane Broncos signed Cameron Smith, and the Canterbury Bulldogs signed Billy Slater. They signed for three years at the Broncos, and for three years as well at the Bulldogs, so we're going to get 2006, 7, and 8 with that combination. Okay, so the final table at the end of the 2006 season, the Storm finish on top. Then it's the Bulldogs, Broncos, Knights in the top four, Seagulls, Dragons, Raiders and Eels. That's exactly the same table as we had previously. The only change that happens here is because of the way that the Storm lose to certain teams, that the Panthers get an advantage, they move up into 10th spot and the Warriors and Tigers shift down a spot so there's not a huge amount of difference because obviously the amount of regular season helps that happen here are not as much as the others i don't have them all i'm not going to go through the helps of each season that's just too much but just be aware that this final system is exactly the same but there is possibilities that the bulldogs have a help up their sleeve and that the broncos also have a help up their sleeve in terms of finals and that the storm have a negative somewhere there maybe so we'll see what happens so the first game is the Knights versus the Seagulls, which the Knights will win. The Dragons will defeat the Broncos, the Bulldogs will defeat the Raiders, and the Storm are defeated by the Eels. So obviously what happens in the reality there is the Storm beat the Eels 12-6. So there is a negative Storm semifinal that sits there, which means that the Eels are able to win that game. Say so it's 13-12, just for fun. But there's obviously a negative there. The Bulldogs I think would have already won, and the Broncos obviously didn't have the help because they were beaten by the Dragons, Um, unless their help was for a further point in the season that I've held it back for. Anyway, second round of the finals, we've got the Eels against the Broncos, and the Broncos will win. Uh, We've got the Dragons against the Storm, and the Storm will win. So obviously the Storm don't have that negative anymore we've got the broncos defeating the bulldogs and we've got the storm defeating the knights and we end up with the same grand final we had in 2006 the broncos will defeat the storm so the storm keep their minor premiership to the 2006 in the hypothetical universe they keep their runners up medal and we still have the same premiere. so nothing has changed we'll move on to the th- sorry we'll move on to 2007 So Smith still with the Broncos, Slater still with the Bulldogs. The only change to the table is the Broncos move up one position. So we go Storm, Seagulls, Cowboys, Warriors at the top four, Eels, Bulldogs, then Broncos, Rabbitohs. So there's only one switch. Everyone else stays where they are. Tigers still in ninth. Everyone beyond that, no change. Uh, This is the first season for the Titans. They obviously finish there. I think it's 11th, is it? Uh, 10th, 12th they finish in 12th so um, just for Titans fans there's nothing changes for you in this season I don't know why I mentioned Titans specifically I think because they weren't the season before but just thought I'd tell you that one Uh, okay so the Warriors against the Eels the Eels still win that game because they won it the first time the Cowboys defeat the Bulldogs so obviously no change there the Seagulls defeat the Broncos and the Storm defeat the Rabbitohs. So what we can kind of see from this is in this occasion the Bulldogs with Slater they still they didn't get a final help they obviously didn't get enough helps to do anything there Um, and I'm not sure I don't have in front of me but obviously the defeat by the Cowboys is no good because that knocks them out. Uh, The next week we end up with the Rabideaus against the Seagulls and the Broncos against the Storm. So I don't know if I just said that, but the Seagulls and the Storm both lost in the first round because the Broncos use a help and the Storm lost or have a negative help, which gets the Rabideaus and the Broncos over the line. So the Rabideaus then play the Seagulls and the Broncos play the Storm. So it's that little swap that we do. And in that case, it's interesting because the Seagulls and Storm both win their second round game which means that we de- defeat teams number seven and eight. So we go into the, fi- the preliminary final with the Cowboys against the Seagulls and the Eels against the Storm and the Seagulls and Storm win again. So we end up with a grand final of the Seagulls versus the Storm in 2007. And by the occasion of what we've already had, the Storm win the premiership in 2007. This premiership in 2007 is not stripped. So the Storm get an extra grand final from this whole result. So. Shedding Billy 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 Smith, <laughs> sorry about that. No, they're not shedding an old uh, Dragons player. Uh, shedding Billy Slater and Cameron Smith means that they still retain that title. They obviously are still just good enough to defeat the Seagulls, and yeah, they win the grand final in two thousand and seven. So let's move on to two thousand and eight. We've still got the Bulldogs and the Broncos as the teams being benef- being benefiting from this. Uh, The table changes quite a little bit more significantly in 2008. The Seagulls are top, Sharks 2nd, Broncos 3rd, Storm 4th, the Roosters in 5th, then it's Raiders, Dragons, Warriors. Beyond that there's no change, Uh, so basically Seagulls, Sharks and Broncos go up and Storm and Roosters drop back from where they were in the rally of 2008. We get a first round in the finals of the Storm versus the Roosters in which the Roosters win. So obviously there's a finals help there that being or negative one being used to help the roosters the broncos defeat the raiders the sharks defeat the dragons and the seagulls defeat the warriors in the second round because of what's happened there we've got the roosters against the raiders who the roosters win that one and we've got the broncos against the storm and the broncos are successful which means that we've got a preliminary final of the seagulls versus the roosters and the sharks versus the broncos so the Storm have been defeated because the Broncos obviously use a help to get past them, or maybe the Storm have a negative there, I'm not sure. But that's, you know, the grand final for 2008 was the Seagulls versus the Storm, and we all remember that. The Seagulls fans nevertheless forget it. Um, but, yep, uh, the, the two weeks before, the Storm were already out. So with our preliminary final, the Seagulls defeat the Roosters and the Broncos defeat the Sharks. So we end up with the Seagulls versus the Broncos. So I'm imagining that having Cameron Smith in their team is going to make some difference. But let's just say that in the reality where Cameron Smith doesn't get to play in the grand final of 2008, I imagine that maybe that happens to the poor Broncos. And the Seagulls route the Broncos in the grand final of 2008, and they win 40 points to nil. And the poor old Broncos don't get much out of having Cameron Smith There's I mean, they still get their premiership in 2006, but they don't really get anything beyond that, I mean, apart from a grand final a grand final loss, but who really wants those, hey? All right, let's move on to 2009. So the contracts have gone uh, in 2008. Obviously, these clubs are desperately trying to re-sign these players, you'd imagine. The Bulldogs are successful in re-signing Billy Slater for two seasons. The Broncos are unsuccessful and Cameron Smith decides that heading north to the Broncos was not north enough for him. He's going to head up to the Cowboys. So, I mean, I think when we looked at this, we thought, or when I looked at this, I thought Cameron Smith is more likely to sign for a Queensland team. So I think those Queensland teams got slightly higher ratios than everyone else. And it's obviously told in this occasion we've ended up with Cameron Smith at the Cowboys. So 2009... Now, this is a interesting season for, for myself because, you know, the big eels run and we'll see whether that gets affected. Uh, at the end of 2009, the table ends up with the Bulldogs on top, so obviously that bit of help from having Billy Slater gets them to the top of the table. The Dragons second, uh, the Titans remain in third, the Seagulls go to fourth, the Broncos to fifth, the Storm drop way back to sixth, the Eels jump up one to seventh, and the Cowboys become the last team into the finals. Uh, the Tigers still just outside on in ninth point, uh, sorry, in ninth position. So obviously, having um, Cameron Smith has gotten the Cowboys into the finals here, and we'll see what happens with the rest of this. But uh, yeah, it's good for the Cowboys; they get a, a finals appearance pretty much straight away. Uh, the first round of the finals we've got the seagulls against the broncos so obviously broncos don't have any help this time and the seagulls win the titans against the storm the titans get victory which is good for them because they went out straight sets last time or in the reality so the titans now into a well they're into a preliminary final because the eels defeat the dragons as happened in reality so we don't change that one and the cowboys obviously with a help over the bulldogs and the Bulldogs would maybe had a help too, but that's the other thing too. Guys, if I had two helps of the same and cancel each other, we, uh, we tried to work out a logical one. But I, I'd imagine because the Bulldogs went higher, than then the help would have just been for the Cowboys. So uh, that means that we go second round of the Cowboys versus the Dragons in the what they call the semi-final, and the Eels versus the Bulldogs. So the Dragons have defeated the Cowboys. Uh, Obviously, I'd imagine that the help's run out for the Cowboys and the Dragons, you know, being higher on the table, they would have beaten the Cowboys during that season. That's, they would have won that game. The Eels defeated the Broncos in the preliminary final. Sorry, the Eels defeated the Bulldogs in the preliminary final in 2009. So they will also defeat them here. So we end up with a preliminary final of the Titans against the, excuse me, the Titans against the Dragons and the Eels against the Sea Eagles. So this means that we would have the Titans would be defeated by the Dragons. I think that's that's fair enough. The Dragons make the grand final 2009, which is good for them. And the Eels against the Seagulls. Well, look, I I think you have to say that with the run that Parramatta has in 2009, that the Eels would not lose in the preliminary final against the Seagulls, which means that you know there was only one team that really stopped that run. That was a Melbourne Storm. So the Eels defeat the Seagulls. That means we get the grand final, the Eels against the Dragons. And as we've seen from the finals, the Eels are too good for the Dragons in a finals game in 2009, which means the Eels will win the premiership. Woohoo! Which is great. And yeah, I mean, it's good for the Dragons. They don't go at straight sets, but also not so great for them because, you know, they don't win it. All right, so we'll move to 2010. So we still have the same two... Clubs. We've got the Cowboys and the Bulldogs, which means that what we've got is Cowboys getting helps, Bulldogs getting helps, and, and the Storms getting negative helps, well, I suppose, hindrances, if you want to call them that. Alright, so the table at the end of 2010 is the Dragons, Panthers, Tigers, Titans, both all the same, and then the Warriors, Roosters, Storm, and Raiders. Uh, this one's an interesting one because in 2010, the Storm weren't there. So this is the storm season where they receive no points and they finish with the wooden spoon, but they had actually won quite a lot of games. Obviously, because there's no salary cap issue, they're still accumulating points, which means that they would still have points. They still would have had negatives that would have got them less than what they were there before. I think they get one because it looks like they've dropped two points from where they would have been. Um and obviously every team that was below that which includes the Raiders, Seagulls, Rabbitohs, Broncos, Knights, Eels, Bulldogs, Sharks and Cowboys all shift down and they all actually shift down one position so obviously the Cowboys finishing at the bottom of the table uh no real help having them you know having uh Cameron Smith there and Slater at the Bulldogs not enough help to get make them move up far enough to do anything about the finals so This final series is gonna be different because with Melbourne Storm are in it. Uh, In reality they weren't, but that's the major change that we're gonna have for this. So as we look at who plays who in the all importance, the Titans will play the Warriors, the Tigers play the Roosters, the Panthers play the Storm, and the Dragons play the Raiders. Uh, We've gone with victories for the Titans over the Warriors, victory for the Roosters over the Tigers, which did occur, We've gone for a victory for the Storm over the Panthers. Now, obviously the Storm don't have any helps and, you know, like anything, they should be not winning that. But when I have a look at what happened in the 2010 final series, the Panthers basically, like, they flame out. So I've looked at that and I've thought, well, the Storm, being the Storm still, I know they don't have Smith and Slater, but they still would be a pretty reasonable team. Uh, we're just going to say that they beat the Panthers, and our good old fa- our, well, our good old Raiders versus Dragons. hoodoo, we're going to keep that in existence? So, anytime I see a game where it's Dragons versus Raiders in this, I'm pretty much going to stick with the Raiders beat the Dragons because that's just what happens. So, especially in this period, which means that we end up with a second round of the Raiders against the Panthers, and the Storm against the Dragons. As we said, the Panthers flamed out in this finals, I, don't, I think we're going to say that the Raiders win again, so the Raiders are going to get to the preliminary, and we're going to get the Storm against the Dragons, uh, the Dragons are going to be too strong for them, this is the 2010 Dragons, this is not the 2009 Dragons, so we're going to have the Dragons in this preliminary final the titans then play in the preliminary final against the raiders and the roosters play the dragons so the roosters dragons was the grand final 2010 and the dragons won it so that's their grand final ticket right there in the other game we've got the titans against the raiders we've kind of ridden the raiders right through (laughs) ridden the raiders that's a good one but uh we've we've settled up with the raiders and i don't know how you write a viking but that's what we've done uh but at this point the titans who are the well, they're the only team in the top four that won in the first week, are going to win in the third week, so we're going to end up with a grand final of the Titans against the Dragons. Now, all you Dragons fans out there who think that I don't like you, well, I could have made the Titans win this, but I didn't. I looked at the numbers, and despite the Dragons losing in the first round, which was, you know, unusual, probably, not, probably wouldn't have happened, but... The Dragons are going to win the 2010 Premiership, but they're not going to defeat the Roosters this time They're going to defeat the Titans. So in reality what happens is the Titans lose to the Roosters in the prelim and the Dragons defeat the Tigers in the prelim And that's basically what happens, but because of different events that have happened here the Tigers get knocked out in the first round, which obviously Tigers fans You're not gonna be happy about but I may be able to make up up to you uh, As we go along in this particular one and obviously I've got three other scenarios, so I'm sure you'll get something good out of this, but uh, yeah, we end up with something very exciting the Titans make a grand final, which uh, obviously hasn't happened in reality, but you know, it's pretty good too to make a grand final in your third third or fourth season, well, 2007, 8, 9, 10, the fourth season, um, yeah, so but Dragons too good 2010, so we move on to 2011, and very interestingly, the Bulldogs contract is up for Billy Slater. And Billy Slater decides that he also wants to play for a Queensland team. So Cameron Smith is still with the Cowboys because he has been with the Cowboys for three seasons. And he will will be with them. Uh, The Titans are the team that pick up the Slater. Pick up the Slater. Pick up the Billy Slater. He's a thing. He's the Billy Slater. All right, well, so it's Cowboys, Cameron Smith, and it's Titans, Billy Slater. And the result of that is not really big for anyone because the titans finished that season in last position it gets them to equal points with the raiders but they still on for and against uh dead last so apologies for that the top eight for 2011 is the storm seagulls broncos which is the same the dragons and tigers swap positions so obviously there's been i believe a victory by the dragons over the storm which caused that to happen uh then We've got the Warriors, Cowboys and Knights. So the Cowboys are still in there, they didn't get enough points to jump ahead of the Warriors or anything like that but they're still in there in seventh position. So as we look at the final eight the finals we've got the Dragons against the Tigers, the Broncos against the Warriors, the Seagulls against the Cowboys and the Storm against the Knights. So we've got some helps happening here and some non-helps. The tigers defeat the dragons which is what happened in reality i believe or it may not have happened but we're looking at this and saying based on the events and based on what happened we're going to give this this one for the tigers the broncos defeat the warriors which makes sense third versus sixth the cowboys defeat the seagulls so obviously there's a help there that cameron smith has given them he's got them over the line in an important game And the Storm has lost to the Knights, so obviously there's a lack of Cameron Smith in that Storm-Knights game. Look, I I can understand that the criticism is going to come to that as well. If a team finishes first, they're not going to lose to the team finish eighth because they don't have a player that they didn't have. Um, But, you know, that's just what we're going to do. Uh, The Knights versus Seagulls is in the second round and the Seagulls win and then the Cowboys defeat the Storm, so the Storm go out straight sets. So we're going to say that the Storm are brittle in 2011 because they don't have the leadership of Cameron Smith and probably don't have the dynamic and maybe I suppose at this point the leadership of Billy Slater. So the Storm are out, Cowboys and Seagulls go on. Means in the preliminary final we've got the Broncos against the Seagulls and we have the Tigers against the Cowboys. So the Tigers are going to defeat the Cowboys because obviously Cameron Smith's magic has run out by that point and the seagulls who you know in reality are the premiers in 2011 defeat the Broncos to go into the into the grand final. So we end up with a grand final of the seagulls against the Tigers. And looking at the way that we've done this, I looked through the season and the only time I could see the seagulls play the Tigers, the Tigers got a victory. I know this is a grand final day and it's a different thing, but basically what we're going to say is the Seagulls falter at the very last hurdle in 2011 because they come up against the Tigers. The Tigers get this victory. Sea Tigers fans, I told you I had something coming up for you. You're going to get a victory in a grand final in 2011 rather than 2010, which You know, or 2009, any of those seasons. So, this Tigers run that that comes through, a bit like you had for the Balmain Tigers in 88, 89, except in the third occasion, you guys get over the line and you get a victory. So, we move on to 2012. The Cowboys are unable to secure Cameron Smith for a further contract. Uh, Obviously, Slater had already signed with the Titans, so he stays there. The Cowboys, look, they wanted to keep. Cameron Smith but you know obviously weren't able to Cameron Smith decides to sign a four-year contract and he's going to go back to the Broncos so obviously he wants to stay in Queensland but Cowboys just aren't doing it for him uh haven't got the squad that he needs so he's going to move back to to Brisbane and hopefully try and give Brisbane that you know final push to try and get them into a grand final and and win a grand final because at this point you know, he has, he's obviously won one with them in 2006, uh, so, you know, they've gone all out, they've brought him back. Uh, anyway, we'll see how, this, see how this turns out for him. So, we've got 2012, we've got the Bulldogs against, sorry, we'll, we'll go through the whole table. Um, so 2012 was a little bit different because the final system changes, so we go from 1v8 to the 1v4 sort of system, um, whatever they're called I think they're both called McIntyre in reality everyone calls the one verse 8 McIntyre but I think they're both McIntyre systems so anyway uh, okay so we've got on the top of the table we've got the Bulldogs and then it's the Rabbitohs, Seagulls, Broncos Storm Cowboys, Sharks and Titans uh, so there is obviously a help there the Titans get themselves into the finals they weren't in there And obviously the Storm drop away they were up in the second position so they've dropped all the way down and the Broncos with the Rabbitohs and Seagulls have all moved up but obviously the Broncos not up enough to get past the other two so we end up with the Bulldogs against the Broncos in the first round the Broncos win that game so obviously there's a help there of having Cameron Smith Uh, the Rabbitohs defeat the Seagulls which I think happened in reality anyway Um, or if it didn't it happened somewhere else in that season the titans defeat the storm so obviously storm curse or titans goodness i don't know which one's which uh, but yeah that's basically what happens there Uh, and then the other game we've got is the cowboys against the sharks and the cowboys show you know pretty much that they they can be competitive even without cameron smith and they beat they defeat the sharks so, we go to the second week of the finals, we've got the Titans against the Bulldogs. Uh, the Bulldogs are too strong for the Titans in this occasion, unfortunately for Billy Slater, he doesn't get this victory. Uh, and then the Cowboys against the Seagulls, and the Cowboys are going to unfortunately lose this one. Uh, it would have been good if they had Cameron Smith with them, maybe they would have won that game, but no, Seagulls win. We go to the preliminary final. It's the Broncos against the Seagulls and the Rabbitohs against the Bulldogs. So the Broncos and Bulldogs are the winners of those games. And we end up with the grand final of the Broncos against the Bulldogs. Uh, Cameron Smith in another grand final and he's gonna get defeated in another grand final because the Bulldogs are gonna win 2012. And yeah, that's what, that's what we're gonna say. So let's move to 2013. Nothing changes, we've still got Broncos and Titans. Which means that the final table at the end of 2013 is the Roosters and Rabbitohs don't change positions, they're one and two. The Seagulls move up one, the Storm move down one. The Sharks, Knights, Bulldogs, and Broncos make up the top of the table. Cowboys miss out, Titans, Panthers, Warriors, and the rest. 2013 is not a great season for me. Um, you know, basically the little spoon bowl at the bottom is between a few teams that i kind of like but uh, yeah Parramatta have a terrible season in fact i think what happens in this hypothetical is they actually lose more games because i see them on 12 points i think they were on more than that before but anyway it doesn't matter uh they are well and truly at the bottom and they're not important for this wrap-up that we're doing here so the first week of the finals is the roosters against the storm the Rabbitohs against the seagulls the sharks against the broncos and the knights against the bulldogs the roosters defeat the storm Seagulls defeat the rabidos, the Broncos defeat the Sharks and the Knights defeat the Bulldogs. In the second round we end up with Storm against the Broncos and the rabidos against the Knights. So the rabidos get their victory against the Knights there and the Broncos defeat the Storm so Storm go out. Again straight sets. So I'm assuming that that helps that's doing that. Um, I haven't got it in front of me but I can pretty much imagine that's what it is. So our preliminary final is the Roosters against the rabidos, which would be a very tasty game. Um, and the Seagulls against the Broncos. So in the reality of 2013, it's the Roosters against the Seagulls. In the reality of Hypothetic 2013, it's the Roosters against the Seagulls, and obviously the Roosters win in reality, so that is the victory for 2013. So nothing really changes, and we move on to 2014. At the end of the table, so, oh, sorry, we must do one thing for 2014. So Billy Slater has been at the Titans. His contract came up during the 2013 season, and he's decided that he's going to sign with the Cowboys. So he now is a Cowboys player, and Cameron Smith is a Broncos player. We haven't got them in the same club yet, um, which is interesting because that can still happen. Very unlikely to happen, but it can still happen. So, uh, yep, so we've got Cameron Smith, Broncos, Billy Slater, Cowboys in 2014. The Cowboys end up getting him for two years, Billy Slater, and the Broncos still have Cameron Smith until the end of the next season, so they will both be off contract at the end of 2015. So we'll see if something happens there. They might end up at the same club. They might end up at two different clubs. Who knows? All right, so at the end of the 24, 25 rounds, wherever it was in 2014, uh, the Seagulls are on top, the Panthers second, so so that's a change because we had... I think I had the roosters at the top, but anyway, it goes Seagulls, Panthers, Rabbitohs, Roosters, Cowboys, Broncos, Bulldogs, Storm, Eels, Warriors, Dragons, Knights, Tigers, Titans, Raiders and Sharks So, the last position, the 8th position is taken up by the Storm I feel very upset as a paramount fan that their negative 4 and against is what actually costs them there because they both end up the same points as the Storm, but the 4 and against is abysmal, at minus 103. 103 uh, But yep, no... No great run from 8th for Parramatta in the 2014 scenario here, but we'll see what happens So in in other scenarios. Uh, The first round of the finals is the Seagulls against the Roosters, so we get a repeat of the grand final from the previous year, and the Seagulls get their revenge. Uh, The Panthers play the Rabbitohs, and the Rabbitohs defeat them. So in reality, I think that was the other way around, but anyway, that's fine. Uh, the Cowboys defeat the Storm, so Storm goes straight out, and the Broncos defeat the Bulldogs. So we end up with a second round of the Roosters against the Cowboys, in which the Roosters win, and the Broncos against the Panthers, in which the Broncos win. So our preliminary final is the Seagulls and the Broncos, the Rabbitohs and the Roosters. Uh, in reality, the Rabbit, the Bulldogs are in this mix here, because the Bulldogs have gone a bit of a run, because the Broncos defeat them in this first round they're gone so it looks like the Broncos are kind of taking that run Um, and it's kind of swapped around because the Rabbitohs played the Seagulls in 2014 so it's not exactly the same but the Rabbitohs will win against the Roosters and they get themselves into the grand final it's it's interesting then two preliminaries in two seasons in a row we've had the Rabbitohs and the Roosters uh, the Roosters win the grand final after defeating the Rabbitohs in 2013. The Rabbitohs defeat the Roosters, and then the Seagulls defeat the Broncos to set up a grand final of Rabbitohs Seagulls. And as we've seen, the Rabbitohs defeat the Seagulls in the preliminary final of reality, so they win this grand final. So, what I, the point I was getting at was we end up two seasons in a row where the Roosters play the Rabbits in the Prelim, and the winner wins the grand final against the Seagulls. Um, that's interesting, and for Seagulls fans, it'd be interesting too, because you get to two grand finals in a row and lose both of them. Um, I don't know if that's better for you than what actually happened, but, yeah. Anyway, we better move on. So, 2015. This is the season that a lot of people remember as the Broncos and Cowboys, and interestingly, the Broncos have Cameron Smith, and the Cowboys have Billy Slater in this season, so, Is that going to make any change, or are we going to end up with the same grand final? I think it's likely we get the same grand final, so let's just see what happens. The final table at the end is the Roosters, Cowboys, Broncos, Bulldogs, Rabbitohs, Sharks, Storm, Dragons... Where are we are? One, two, three, four, five, six... Yeah, and Dragons, sorry. I... You can hear me counting because I don't have a line to tell me where the 8th finish is there, but the Dragons are the 8th position team. After that, it's all the same. No one really cares what happens beyond that. So the uh, the preliminary finals, as they call them, the first round of the, of the finals, the Roosters play the Bulldogs and win, the Broncos defeat the Cowboys, the Rabbitohs defeat the Dragons, and the Sharks defeat the Storm. So those pesky Storm are out straight away again. It's... Um, a situation where Storms obviously in this period weren't really in the grand finals either, so they're obviously you know still in the same position, still kind of rebuilding themselves, maybe rebuilding themselves for an assault in the coming years. So we'll see what happens. Uh, the second round is the Bulldogs against the Rabbitohs, and the Bulldogs win that game, and the Cowboys against the Sharks, and we give the victory to the Cowboys which means we set up a preliminary of the Broncos against the Bulldogs and the Roosters against the Cowboys. The Broncos and Cowboys both win, and we get a grand final of the Broncos against the Cowboys. But interestingly, because of helps we have here, the Broncos are going to defeat the Cowboys in the 2015 grand final. So the Cowboys don't get their victory, which sucks for them, sorry Cowboys fans, but Yeah, having Cameron Smith in that Broncos team is just going to overpower the Cowboys team, which, I mean, you know, having Billy Slater is good, but obviously not as good as having Cameron Smith. So 2016 comes along, um, and we've got new teams. New teams to to see them out of their contract, I believe. Um, Cameron Smith, and this is a strange one, and I don't think, I'm not sure if this would have happened in reality, but this is what the numbers came from Excel. Cameron Smith signs a contract for a period of four years with the West Tigers. Um, Robbie Farah, obviously, is around at that time, but I think I looked at it and I think he had left the club and I think they were looking for a hooker. So, obviously, the Tigers go all out and sign Cameron Smith. I'm not sure if he would have wanted to do that, but that's what happens. And Billy Slater ends up at the Bulldogs, So Slater ends up going back to the team that he was at when he first left the Storm, Uh, bit of a return, same as Cameron Smith's return to the Broncos uh, a few years earlier. Um, We got them both into Sydney, but we didn't get them both in the same club. Sorry, guys. So 2016, I don't know if I'm saying sorry, because I don't think anyone really cares um, whether they're in the same team or not. But yeah, sorry to Cameron Smith and Billy Slater. I can't have you guys playing together in the same team in this scenario. So 2016, the table at the end of the season, it's the Raiders on top, so it was the Storm on top, but we'll see what happens to them. So it's the Raiders, Sharks, Cowboys, and Storm in fourth, Broncos, Bulldogs, Panthers, and Tigers. So the Tigers slip into the 2016 final system here. Uh, The Titans are out, and yeah, unfortunately for them, they're they're not there anymore. Everyone else below that, basically just same position, nothing really changes. So, our first round of the finals is the Raiders against the Storm and the Raiders win, then it's the Sharks against the Cowboys and the Sharks win. The Broncos are defeated by the Tigers, so obviously Cameron Smith is a positive influence on this Tigers team, gets them to the second week of the finals. And the Bulldogs are defeated by the Panthers, so I'm not sure what that is why they've happened um, i think the panthers had defeated the bulldogs in the corresponding game so that's obviously what i've used there uh, the next round of the finals we end up with the storm against the tigers and the tigers are going to get a victory there and the cowboys against the panthers so the cowboys get the victory there so we end up with a preliminary of the raiders against the cowboys and the sharks against the tigers the top teams the raiders and the sharks are going to win those games We end up with a grand final of the Raiders against the Sharks, and the Sharks win the grand final, and 2006 doesn't change Premiers, but instead of defeating the Storm, they're gonna defeat the Raiders. Okay, so 2017 comes around, we've got a help for the Tigers, we've got a help for the Bulldogs. Still, we have these negatives that happen for the Storm all the way through. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but obviously there's some negatives in seasons and things like that, because they drop a few seasons here in a row. the final table at the end of 2017 is the Roosters on top of the table, followed by the Broncos, Storm, Eels, Seagulls, Cowboys, Sharks and Panthers. So the Cowboys uh, and the Seagulls seem like they're beneficiaries of, of something here. Um, it depends. See the other thing too is sometimes some of these teams are jumping up because they've defeated the Storm during the season because they had close losses against them and they're the teams that are selected. It, the, what I didn't tell you about that is it's selected based on who had the closest or the narrowest loss against them. Gets the first choice of, of what or basically gets the first go. Uh, the Bulldogs still languish quite low. They didn't... They're just sort of outside the finals. They're not quite... I they think they're two points outside the finals, but they're negative differentials. also not great, so they wouldn't have made it anyway. Um, and the Tigers are, are well down there. They're, they're fourth last... Um, they did get a, a few extra victories, but yeah, it, didn't, it, it basically jumped them up one spot a month above the Warriors, which didn't really do much for them. So, in reality, Tigers and Bulldogs fans don't get much of 2017 with, these, with this extra play they've gotten, but it's going to make an effect on the final system here. So, in the first round, the Roosters play the Eels, the Broncos play the Storm, the Seagulls play the Panthers, and the Cowboys play the Sharks. Uh, I've got the Roosters defeating the Eels. I've got the Storm defeating the Broncos, I've got the Panthers defeating the Seagulls and the Cowboys defeating the Sharks. So we end up with a second round of the Broncos against the Cowboys, the Eels against the Panthers. I don't know if you remember this season, but uh, this is the season where the Cowboys get a good run going, so that's the reason why they've defeated the Sharks. Uh, that's actually the same game that happened the first time, but they're in a different order. So previously what happened was the Cowboys in eighth defeated the Sharks they they limped into the finals and then went on a run Uh, so the Cowboys had defeated the Sharks the Eels and the Roosters on their run to the grand final when they played the Storm in reality Um, so obviously they defeat the Sharks here Um, the Eels playing against the Panthers just based off what had happened that season the Eels don't play the Panthers in that finals but based off what had happened that season and the fact that uh, the Eels had defeated them and were on high on the table. They're going to win that game. The Cowboys are still going to do that run a little bit, so they're going to come in up against the Broncos and defeat them. Uh, there's obviously no helps for either of those teams now because they've both lost those players. The next round, the Storm play the Eels and the Roosters play the Cowboys. There is a obviously a negative for the Storm here uh, because the Eels are able to defeat them even though they didn't defeat them in reality. So the Eels win go to the grand final, and the Roosters played the Cowboys, and the Cowboys um, defeated them the first time, so the Cowboys defeat the Roosters, and then we go to a grand final, Eels versus Cowboys Um, you can say what you want you can give whatever you want for that, the Cowboys did defeat the Eels uh, in a corresponding game, so we're going to have to give the Cowboys a victory there and, I'm sorry Eels fans, I didn't get you a, a grand final win there um, but we kind of made amends for what we did to the, for the Cowboys in 2015. They finally get their Premiership in 2017. And uh, what a magnificent run and well done to the Cowboys. The, the next season is the 2018 season. Uh, the table at the end of the, this season, we've still got the players in the same positions. Uh, the table at the end of the season is the Roosters, Rabbitohs, Sharks, Panthers, Dragons, Warriors, Broncos and Storm. Uh, no one else changed the position, everyone's back to where they were. Uh, which means we end up with the Roosters against the Panthers, the Rabbitohs against the Sharks, the Dragons against the Storm and the Warriors against the Broncos. The top ranked team in all of those wins, so Roosters, Rabbitohs, Dragons Warriors. We go to the next round, the Panthers play the Dragons, and the Sharks play the Warriors, so the Dragons and Sharks win. And then we end up with the Roosters against the Sharks, the Rabbitohs against the Dragons, and it's a victory for the Roosters and the Rabbitohs. So we end up with the Grand Final of the Roosters against the Rabbitohs. Based off what we had, um, we're going to have a Roosters victory, so the Roosters are going to win in 2018. As they did in reality but instead of defeating the Melbourne Storm they're going to defend the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, 2019 Slater has now retired so no more helps for the Bulldogs. Smith is still at the Tigers this is his last season with them so he gives the help to the Tigers ends up on the table with the Roosters, Storm, Rabbitohs, Raiders, Eels, Seagulls, Tigers, Sharks. Basically the Tigers win that last game Where they had to defeat the sharks to get in um and yeah the bronco and broncos yeah whatever happened. basically the broncos got in eighth position before but now it's not the broncos in eighth position it's the sharks in eighth position so the tigers jump up two spots uh the warriors have jumped up because of a victory over the storm i believe and the roosters get above the storm basically what happens in 2019 so we end up with the Roosters against the Raiders in the first round so the Roosters win that uh, because they won the grand final Uh, the Storm are defeated by the Rabbitohs which makes sense the Eels defeat the Sharks and the Tigers defeat the Seagulls Uh, that'd be a help that we're getting there for the Tigers then the Raiders defeat the Eels Uh, the Tigers defeat the Storm in the second round I'd say that's probably a negative for the Storm or a help for the Tigers, I'm not sure which one that is, but whichever one that is, it gets the Tigers into the prelim. Uh, then it's the Rabbitohs defeated by the Raiders, which is what happened to the prelim. Uh, something about 12 men on a field and uh, Papali running at Damien Cook that uh, I, I hear about quite often on a certain podcast. And um, the Roosters will defeat the Tigers. So we end up with a grand final of the Raiders against the Roosters, repeated the first round, repeated the grand final that happened, and the Roosters win. So we go to season 2020. And basically for this season, it's a free hit for anyone because um, Cameron Smith is going to sign somewhere. and It's only one season. I'm not going to predict who wins this year. So the victory for... uh the victory, the... The signing victory, I suppose you'd say, is that Cameron Smith decides that he's gone all the way around, he's tried to help all these teams, the final team he's going to help is the New Zealand Warriors. So he's going to play one season with the New Zealand Warriors, and we'll see if that does anything to him. So basically there's, there's a slight change in where people finish, because we've end up with the Panthers on top, with the Roosters in second, Storm and Eels, um, the Raiders, Rabbitohs, Knights, Sharks, the Warriors with their negative four and against, or very negative four and against, uh, are not are basically helped by one position. They jump above the Titans, but not enough to get them into the finals. And then we end up with the, the rest of the table how it was before. Uh, so in the first round, the Panthers defeat the Eels, the Storm defeat the Roosters, the Raiders defeat the Sharks, and the Rabbitohs defeat the Knights. So we go to the second round, Uh, the Raiders defeat the Eels, the Roosters are defeated by the Rabbitohs, so the Rabbitohs go to their prelim, and we end up with a prelim of Panthers versus Rabbitohs in which the Panthers had won previously, and a prelim of the Storm against the Raiders, and in that final series of 2020, the Raiders defeated the Storm, so we end up with a grand final of the Panthers against the Raiders. You have to say that the Panthers would go out as favourites in that game, but we all know what happened last year. Panthers just completely bottled it on grand final day. The Raiders coming off a grand final the year before and the composure that they would have had, uh, we're going to give the grand final of 2020 to the Raiders. So uh, happy days for Raiders fans and maybe not so happy days for Panthers fans, but that's my summary for Smith Slater just had a look at the time and we're over the hour mark now so what I've decided to do is I'll come back next week with the next part of this storm and teacap as I've called it and we'll have a look at the effects that would have happened should the Melbourne storm had not re-signed Cameron Smith and Greg Inglis. Thanks for joining me for this episode I hope that you listen next week and enjoy. Thank mm-hmm.